what are we discussing on today's Locked on Diamondbacks podcast? Well, it's crossover time with Locked on Padres host Javier Reyes to go through the NL West and comb through the over and under win totals according to FanDuel, who we think is going to hit those projections and who we think is going to miss out on the playoffs in 2024. You are Locked on Diamondbacks. Your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Listening to who? Always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com to see all my latest work. Don't forget to follow Locked On Diamondbacks and our podcast host today, Javier Reyes, Locked On Padres on YouTube. Follow each account on YouTube. Hit subscribe, please. And thank you for making Locked On Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast podcast without you my loyal listeners sharing subscribing reviewing doing all that so i could do this podcast for you thank you it's free and available on all platforms so please continue to tell your friends and today's episode is actually brought to you by game time download the game time app create an account and use code locked on for 20 dollars off your first purchase but now without further ado let's get into our little conversation over under win totals for the nl west and we have to do that conversation with Javier Reyes of Lockdown Padres. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great, man. <laughs> I'm doing great. Uh, look, it's it's been a, a wild offseason, I think. I mm-hmm. think that your team has actually been overshadowed a little bit, but your team has made some additions, too, that Thank I hope we'll, we'll, we'll touch on a little bit. And by the way, I, I beat it. Like, just because you're a division rival, I like seeing teams that go far and don't just go, uh let's get that reliever for one year, 10 million. And that's it. You know I mean? Like the Orioles basically, right? Like the Orioles haven't done anything, which is crazy. Um, so yeah, I applaud you guys. And it's been, you know, it's been busy. We're in the new year yeah. now. It's our first crossover of the new year. Cool. Many more to come certainly. So I'm excited. This is like crossover number, like 38 of ours, right? Yeah. I have we to, I'm going to go back and track. and track that at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I got to see that, <laughs> but uh, I'm super happy to be here, man. And talk some over unders, and off-season NL West stuff for sure. Yeah, off-season, I mean, the NL West has been one of the busier divisions probably in Major League Baseball with the D-backs and Dodgers doing a lot. But even a team like the Padres have been making moves. We've seen the Giants in the last couple of weeks yeah. get more aggressive as well. So the NL West always going to be one of the best divisions in Major League Baseball. And we're going to be looking at over-under win totals according to FanDuel. And I figure why not just go in uh, alphabetical order? I figure that would be the easiest, honestly. So <laughs> look at that. Up first, the Arizona Diamondbacks on FanDuel. And let's talk, uh, you know, a little bit about their offseason because their over-under is 83 and a half. Javi, the D-back so far Ooh. this offseason, they had some holes. They need to get, you know, a third pitcher in their rotation. They got Erod. Mm-hmm. They need a third baseman. They got Eugenio Suarez, brought back Lords Gurriel. The team would still like to add one more DH this offseason, maybe a J.D. Martinez, maybe a Jorge Soler. We'll see. But so far... How do you like the reigning National League champs on their chances to hit that 83 and a half win total? So part of me wants to be a hater, but okay. here's the thing. This isn't like the Giants a couple years ago 
and no offense mm-hmm. to the Giants, but it was very like, where did this come from? The D-backs, in fairness, heading into this year, I think you and I both and many people were like, this team is coming. Like, they will mm-hmm. be a, a competitive team at the minimum. We just didn't think that it would happen so soon, I think was the yeah. question. So part of me is like, did they get a little bit lucky in some areas? Was the run differential not as great? Of course. You know, yeah. are we sure we fully believe in all of their pitchers? Okay, sure. But at the same time, it's still a young team with players that are going to get better. You know what I mean? I like that they kept Guriel. I love that they brought in Eduardo Rodriguez. I think that dude is a stud. Um, and I think that he's showed that for a while. And if you look at, you know, stats that just take into account the bad defenses that he's been with for a lot of his career, he succeeds um, really well. And I think that that's going to be such a reliable starter on a pretty good contract, by the way, in context of everything else, a, a four-year 80. And, ex- and instead of, say... Yeah. Some of the other big numbers that are floating out there, I personally think someone like Jordan Montgomery is going to get overpaid because of what happened in the playoffs. Um, I think Blake Snell is going to be an interesting one. I think he could get a little bit over by overpaid. I mean, in context of what everybody else gets, I don't actually technically think there's an overpay in baseball, but you know, so I like the moves they've made. It's for me, it's not as much about the Dimebacks as opposed to the rest of the division. Um, Okay. The Padres have gotten worse, undoubtedly. Um, I still like the moves they've made, and I still like that they have a great farm system, probably the best farm system of any team at the moment um, in the mm-hmm. division. Then you have the Dodgers, who added a couple players that you might have heard of couple, that yeah. we don't need to get Maybe. into. Who? And then you have the Giants, who they also have that Spurs thing. We were talking about basketball before we started recording, mm-hmm. where you're just like, uh, they just put it together somehow. They acquired Robbie Ray, which I know everyone makes fun of him, yeah. but... I think that could low-key end up being one of the best moves of the offseason because you're basically getting like a pitcher who's got high strikeout, decent upside to be like your two or three for like three years, like 40, essentially, when you break down the contracts and stuff and also consider how much money they sent over and the players they traded. So I like that move. Jung-Ho Lee is going to be a lot of fun. So I think I'm going to lean under because I think the rest of the division got better. Um, and I think it's going to be hard for them to repeat, but it's, it's really tough, man. Cause I like the pen Corbin Carroll's only going to get better. Right. Like I, I think that, you know what I think in general, and this is like the biggest cop out. I think the over unders for, for the NL West are the hardest to do, um, of any division right now, for sure. In the sport, like I can't really get a vibe for anything other than Dodgers likely to win the division. So you at that, if you think they're going to be under on the wins and you probably think they're going to miss the playoffs then. kind of find it would be hard to believe to be like 81 500 team and make the postseason. So do you think the D-backs are missing the playoffs then that they can't hit 83? I think it's worth pointing out that the Brewers aren't going to be good uh, mm-hmm. because they're starting to go backwards. They just lost their manager. I'm surprised we haven't gotten more rumors about them trading players, but I think that'll come soon at some point. Um, I think it's more about the rest of the division, but it's, it's tough, and I think that the Marlins could drop out. That's true. Maybe that's where they could slide in. Um, I don't think the Marlins are going to be better. The fact that they're already talking about trading their best players shows that's baseball, I guess. Uh, um, so I don't know, man. I just I think that also just by general sports thing, okay. every year you will have teams that made the playoffs that don't again. Like there, yeah. that's just what happens. Football happens every year. The, the football this year, it was like the Chargers and the Bengals. And sometimes it's not their fault, by the way. Maybe the Diamondbacks had injury luck. 
um, that, that were in their favor. And I, I just don't remember. And maybe they'll just, unfortunately, someone might get hurt or something like that. And then it'll just pile up and it'll be like, ah, we stumble into 82 wins. So I'm going to lean under, but I do not feel good about it. And I would not make a bet on it either. I would Man, not. I would not bet on any team in this division other than the Dodgers uh, in terms of um, win total. Not in the playoffs. Don't don't do that. That's like betting on the Cowboys in the playoffs. The reigning NL champs with another year of experience and improved roster going under. <sighs> it's okay. But talking to Ben like uh, last week, he, he uh, was acting like the Giants and the D-backs were like on the same level, I feel like. So it's like I feel like the D-backs are not getting the amount of love that maybe they should coming off the World Series now. I don't think they're going to win 100 games or anything like that. I think they'll probably yeah. be like what the Phillies were last year, where they came off that World Series. Yeah. They still only barely won 90 games last year. And I think I'll be fine with that. If the D-backs get between 86 and 88 wins, and they make the postseason a wild card, that's all I really need. Because I look at the teams who didn't make the playoffs last year, and I'm just – I'm having a little bit of a hard time to see who can jump the D-backs. Unless you think a team like the Cardinals finally puts it together or the New York Mets. Unless you believe in a Padres bounce back because – I don't think the Cubs, unless you believe in the Reds, uh, I don't know. I, I just don't see the Reds teams are weird too. You. The Reds are weird. Funny. I know a lot of people like the Reds, but I know uh, I still think the Reds. Or the Reds I mean, the D-backs next year. You know I was gonna I mean? say like, maybe they're next year's D-backs. So they got all that uh, young talent, but I feel like they still need another season. So I feel like with the D-backs, just taking, I, I feel like this is the belief that I'm working with that they're gonna have that confidence, knowing that they were able to go through those trials and tribulations of the postseason. Know that they had their back against the wall and that NLCS against Philly. Hopefully, they take mm-hmm. all that. They become like the 2014-2015 Royals, a team that was way ahead of schedule. Got Got to back-to-back World Series, lost that first True. year. They came back, storing back that second year. I mean, I don't know if we'll see that, but that's kind of the belief in theory and the framework I'm working in right now for the D-back. So I got them hitting the over, but not by much. I don't think this is a 95-win team. I think this is an improved team and 87, 88 wins. I think that'll be really nice for the D-back second wild card spot. I'll take that. Javi, under on the reigning National League champs, World Series runner-up. Crazy, crazy stuff. I now, do not coming feel up, confident at all. <laughs> oh, don't worry. Coming up, we'll talk about the Padres offseason and whether, you know, what direction are they going in compared to the D-backs. So I'll be able to maybe get my Columbus on your, your team coming up here. But before we talk about the D-backs or, excuse me, really the Padres offseason uh, coming up in segment number two, I first want to tell our listeners that if they want to buy tickets for D-backs or Padres games in 2024, then the best place to do that is game time because you shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. That's why I go to game time. Game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show your total upfront so you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. Buy tickets in seconds with two taps. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the best place to find last minute seats. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKED ON for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKED ON for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed.
right back here on the Locked on Diamondbacks crossover with Locked on Padres host Javier Reyes. Now let's just jump right to your team, Javi, since this is our crossover. Let's talk about our two teams. And according to FanDuel, they think your team is really not that far off from the D-backs. I mean, you guys still have a lot of talent. The Padres over under for the win total on FanDuel is 81 and a half. So they got you right there as that 500 uh, kind of squad. When you look at your free agency so far, still got guys like Josh Hader and Blake Snell out there in free agency, even guys like Gary Sanchez, Jackson Profar. So a bunch of free agents out there. Of course, big move this offseason for the Padres was trading away Juan Soto. So I'm going to leave this to you, Javi. How do you feel about your team? How do you feel about the offseason so far? And how do you feel about that win total heading into 2024? So the win total is 81, right? 81 and a half. Got to put that right, 81 and a half. I gotta yeah. put the half in there. All right, bias time. I'm just gonna take the mask oh, off. Oh, okay. I think I would put the over on this, and here's why. Here's wow. why. Under D backs over Padres. Gotcha. All right, lock it in. You can. The Padres have gotten worse in the very obvious ways. You're probably losing Blake Snell. You just lost Juan Soto. You don't have Trent Grisham anymore. Not that that was an you know irreplaceable part, but that's the thing. I think that this team's record in one score games and in extra innings was so bad that typically a regression to the mean happens. And if just that happens in the one score games, they will probably hit the over. Not to mention, I think that this team is one that's built with more depth um, than last year's team. I'm not saying it's better. I think that last year's team was fine. It's just that every single player refused to drive in runs when they needed to. And they only, only the worst case scenario happened every time. I just don't think that will happen again, whether it be bullpen stuff. I like Matsui. I like Wusak Go as a guy that you got for 4.5 million for two years. I will take that as a dude who once upon a time was a higher regarded um, international prospect in Go. You have that. There's still some other guys you could get. I like Enel De Los Santos as in exchange for Scott Barlow. You basically save some money on that in order to get Matsui and go. And I still think that they're going to make some more moves. And I think that Michael King can be really solid. I think that the fact they don't have to rely on rushing prospects too soon is going to be huge with King, Brito, um, Velasquez. I think that that's a good thing that they don't have to worry about if someone gets hurt. If someone starts off poorly, that they just have more reinforcements that they can work with this time. And I like that they have the best farm, in my opinion, in the division. And I think most people would probably agree. Um, probably still the best farm in the division, although it's close, admittedly. I just think that they have they have assets there. So to me, it's just like, hey, remember the Minnesota Vikings last year? They won like nine one score games yeah. and didn't lose a single one. Frogs. I think the opposite is going to be true with the Padres, where I'm not saying that they're going to win all of them, but if they just went like 14 and 14 last year, they are easily in the playoffs and the Diamondbacks probably aren't, which mm -hmm. is crazy. And I'm not saying that the Diamondbacks got lucky. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that like the Padres didn't perform. And I think that you also take into account if you get Tatis's bat back and you get Manny Machado's bat back, you get Xander Bogarts's bat back, add that that could make up for losing Soto on top of the depth that they've accrued from this offseason and potentially in the farm system. So I would go over based on those things. I don't feel amazing about it, but hey, 
everyone thought we were screwed after the 2021 season when they had the collapse. Uh, and then next year they made the playoffs and the NLCS. So to me, I think, I think they jump ahead. I don't know of who yet, but I think that they could get at least clear that one total. Well, probably the D-backs. If we're under 83 and you're over 81, you're probably thinking of jumping the D-backs in the division, um, which which could be plausible. You guys still have a pretty good amount of talent with Tatis, Bogarts, Machado, Darvish, and Musgrove. Um, My skepticism from the Padres comes from the fact that I feel like if they don't get off to a hot stop, hot start in the first half of the season, mm-hmm. I feel like come the trade deadline, maybe they just try to undo everything that they have done the last few years in terms sure. of the overpaying on contracts. I feel like because uh, you could take it in either direction, but I think because that they have a loaded farm system and so much young talent that maybe you try to do like a mini rebuild and maybe do trade away a you Darvish if you can. I don't think Tatis is going anywhere, but if you could get yeah. off maybe the Bogarts contract to a contender that wants him right now, mm-hmm. the Yankees, I mean, they, they're always in the shortstop market. If you could flip him yeah. to New York, a former guy that's from the ALEs, if you could flip Darvish somewhere else, like if the Padres are not good at the deadline, I could see that becoming a little bit of a fire sale situation. But at the same time, if they are hot come the deadline, like you said, they are loaded with young guys. They could go out there and add more pieces to that rotation, add more pieces to that lineup. So I think this is a big make or break year for the Padres. And I guess you can oh, yeah. say that every single year. But I think yeah. depending on how they look mm-hmm. at the deadline, it could either be a complete fire sale or the Padres could be maybe the biggest buyers at this year's deadline. So how do you feel about that? I, I slightly disagree only because I don't think they can rebuild if they wanted to mm-hmm. in, in the break it all down way. Um, I just think like you're not moving Manny. I really do. I don't think that anyone's going to take that right now. Now, obviously, if he goes really off, yeah, sure. Uh, there's some teams out there that could still afford him and all the years, but Bogarts for 11, it's going to be a tough sell, I think, on almost all of these guys, except for Tatis because teams would look at Tatis as that would only get bad because when he's older and he's not old yet, like at all. He's still in like 24, 25, so... I think he would be the only one that teams would be really bullish on trading for. And that's the number one guy they're not trading. So I personally don't see it. I think that they're just in a, in a one year. All right. We can't spend as much. Uh, We got to calm down a little bit. Last year did not go and go according to plan. I think that's what would happen. Um, And I just, it's going to be interesting. And I think that, and Padres feds hate me lately. I really think that trading Hassan Kim could be really smart. I, I know it sounds awful, but I broke it down a couple weeks ago with Ben Kaspik of Lockdown Giants. Okay. Great show. Talking about okay. it stinks, but you need to look past the trees for a second and look at the fact that it's not guaranteed that Hassan Kim will be as good again. It's just not a guarantee. You shouldn't be looking at it. Oh, we should extend him. Um, no, because that's how we got in this situation in the first place. Extending Darvish, you didn't need to do that. Extending Cronenworth, no. you didn't need to do that, right? Don't look at just what's right in front of you. Also consider having some wiggle room because things happen. It's sports. You want to be prepared to move if, for some reason, Xander Bogarts doesn't have a good year. And guess what happens? Xander Bogarts didn't have that great of a year. Um, although still a solid one, by the way. So, you know, that's that's the issue that I, I think arises here. And if you trade him, not only could you potentially get some stuff back, I think Lamont Wade from the Giants is a great player, could play first, could play outfield, maybe get like a middling sort of bonus prospect, like an extra throw in. And then you can move Jake Cronenworth off of first okay. base, who was dreadful there last year, but 
because of his defense and a bunch of other reasons, four and a half F4 um, past two years, or I think it was 4.2 F4 past two years, even when his bat declined, Jay Corona was still very valuable over at second base. Let me just pull it up exactly. Yeah, 4.2 F4 in 2022 when he only had a 110 WRC plus and 4.2 the year before when it was a 117 WRC plus. So that's my thing. Difference between a one-win player and all that, you bring in Lamont Wade, someone who's a little bit more accustomed to first. I think you're also strangely trading for a uh, trading away Kim getting Cronenworth value. That's what I think could happen. Um, so, hey, I know they hate me for that. We'll see. Um, he's certainly the number one player that would probably be traded, though, um, if the Padres are really bad at the deadline. That, that much well, I, I do agree with. What if you flip it? What if you try to trade Cronenworth and keep Hassan Kim? Do you think Not maybe Cronenworth's contract is just too tough? Contract's too bad. I don't know why. I still don't know why they did that. Um, mm. It happened like a day or two before opening day. I just don't get it. I don't know who you were bidding against. You still had our beers left. I, I just have, and then you move them to first. I have no idea why they had to do that. And I think that a lot of people. Do you remember when the Eric Hosmer thing was like, you got to try to trade Eric Hosmer? And then they yeah. did, but it was part of another deal. And you also are still paying his salary. So that's my thing. You're basically just don't make it a total sunken cost. Try to salvage it. If it doesn't work after this year and you moved him to second and he's only a one win player, then OK. Then we can start talking about like maybe you just got to get him off the roster and just buy him out or whatever. But until that, I, I think you just try to salvage it. And the way to try salvage is trying to get him back to second base. Okay. I still think the Padres definitely have bounce back potential. I, I just think it all comes down to some of those stars in the lineup. A, a full season of Bogarts looking yeah. good, not just the first half. Manny Machado getting back to the level he was uh, pre-2023. I mean, if you just get those guys with the healthy Tatis, I mean, at the very least, your offense would be enough to buoy uh, that team. And then you still have Darvish. You still got Musgrove in the rotation. So you guys should at least be solid. I think around a 500 record should be at least your floor, assuming you guys don't trade anyone at the deadline. If you have this team the whole year, I think 500 could potentially be your guys' floor for 2024. But now let's talk about the the LA Dodgers because they've been a big team this offseason. And if you're talking about teams paying salaries for players not on their team, the Dodgers are going to be doing a whole lot of that in the decade 2030 and 24 and 2040 with some of their deferred contracts on the books. But before we get into that conversation, Javi, because we're doing all this over, under, win total stuff, the app, the website we're using to look at all this is FanDuel Sportsbook because FanDuel is the number one sportsbook. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place just a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use. There's so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. My favorite thing to do is a same-game parlay. Whenever the Lakers play a mediocre team, I take AD <laughs> over in points. AD over in rebounds, and the Lakers' money line. Now, the issue is that third leg of the parlay, that money line, hasn't been hitting as recently or as much as I want to, but when it does hit, I love seeing that deposit hit my account. Now, if you want to see a deposit hit your account, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL.
here on the Locked On Diamondbacks, Locked On Padres crossover. Let's talk about the LA Dodgers because they are, of course, the cream of the crop when it comes to this offseason because I think, I would have to double check, but I think they've spent more money this offseason than the 29 other teams combined. I think I saw that graphic. Don't know if it's real or not, but they've spent over a billion dollars this offseason on guys like Otani, Yamamoto. They traded for the Tyler Glasnows of the world, and all that has led them to 104 and a half, 104 and a half win total. Javi, over under on the LA Dodgers once again taking the NL West crown, winning 100 plus games and losing the first round of the MLB playoffs. <sighs> first of all, you really did make my year and saved Padres fans by sweeping the Dodgers. It was glorious. I loved every second. It was so funny. <laughs> they just it was like the best. it was really the best huh it was amazing it's amazing yeah, their i was fans locked into still... locked on <laughs> yeah i, I was mean, locked just... into locked on dodgers every night when that series was going on i was like what do the boys have to say what does my favorite duo of jeff and vince have to say after another crippling <laughs> loss to the arizona diamondbacks in the playoffs <laughs> what do they have to say tonight i was like hey, i mean jeff loves talking smack man and then look what keeps happening <laughs> yeah. i think um I think he got a wait. I'm sorry, I forgot what the over under was. 104 and a half. Oh, so pretty God. high. Yeah, I mean that is really really high. But this is a team that yeah, 104 is really high though. That's the thing. 104 is high, man. But they hey, win I'm gonna look up the Dodgers. Year. Yeah, I'm gonna look up the Dodgers last few years so you can have at least like a reference point of their past win totals um last year they won not last year 2022 they won 111 2021 106 2019 106 2017 104 so the last like seven years like four of the times they they've hit you probably have to go over i'm just wondering if it's too obvious to be like hey the team that always goes over just added otani and yamamoto and glass now and tiasca hernandez like obviously go over it's almost like it's too tempting to say over, but I think it's safe. I think it's safe to say over because they're just, it's going to be ridiculous. I know Otani isn't pitching, but again, the fact that they also got Yamamoto and glass now is just so cracked. It's ridiculous. So <laughs> I'd probably, I'd, I'd probably go over. Um, it just feels like they, they've had less exciting teams than this and have hit the over. Uh, they just know what they're doing over there. And then, Hey, they kept guys like Jason Hayward. They lose JD Martinez, but who cares? You have Shohei Otani now. Um, so, mm-hmm. So, and you're still going to have Muncie. You're still going to have Betts and Freeman. Um, and I still think that they'll be able to put together those like half win players to help them out when they have injuries. You know what I mean? They're very good at putting together a complete roster that can at least just really be really great in the regular season. That's what they are. Regular season champs um, would not bet on them for a single one in the playoffs, though. Um, but yeah, I'd go over. You have to, unfortunately. You know what? I actually wouldn't be too upset if someone wanted to take the under. Now, taking the under, that doesn't mean you you don't think they're going to be elite. Mm-hmm. Taking the under still yeah. could mean you think they're going to win 102 games next year. Maybe you they don't think they're the going to win 100. Baseball, yeah, yeah. That totally means the best, you don't yeah. think they're going to win 105. Because I still think as talent, because their ceiling is maybe 135 wins. But I think there's a little bit of risk because, like you said, Otani's not pitching. And the last time he didn't pitch off Tommy John, his bat didn't look exactly the same. Now, it was the 2020 COVID shortened season, but we've seen him struggle to hit when he does not pitch coming off Tommy John. Walker Bueller, he's coming off surgery as well. How good is he going to look? Tyler Glass now, 
most innings pitched this past season in his career, 120. That is someone that is always hurt. Yamamoto, I think he's going to be a stud, but listen, he's never played on American soil before. I think mm-hmm. he's going to be elite, but maybe maybe that first year takes a little bit of adjusting. We'll see. So I think there's a little bit of risk in the rotation, but I mean, if the if the Dodgers get everything clicking and they hit their ceiling, I mean, 135 games is not out the realm, but I would probably lean under just because I think 105 is actually a massive number, and I think they have just a, a enough risk where I think 103 is probably enough wins for the LA Dodgers but let's mm-hmm. move through these last couple teams probably a little bit quicker up next we got I'll pull <laughs> up the uh the San Francisco Giants next I was like where are they on the fan duel list but they are right here under the Padres just like the Padres too listed at 81 and a half wins the Giants still searching for that big time free agent um, mm-hmm. that they've been searching for the, yeah. for the last few years. They got Jung-Ho Lee. I think he became the highest uh, foreign signed player of all time. So there's a little bit of risk there. They did trade for Robbie Ray, like you said, but out the door, you got Mitch Hanniger out the door. He was all right last year, not very good. Del Scafani, he was in the trade. And then some free agents, you got Jack Peterson still out there. Uh, Brandon Crawford's out there, longtime giant. So Alex Cobb might not be ready for the start of the season. So 81 and a half wins. I mean, for the Giants, uh, I never liked their team on paper entering the season. And then somehow they're always like in that 81 to 90 win mm-hmm. range. So how do you feel about the Giants entering next year? Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's very similar to the Padres. Now, mm-hmm. I will say that there is more concrete stuff that I think was believable about the Giants last year, like their offense just being anemic. For most mm-hmm. of the year, especially the second half, I don't think that that necessarily can change drastically. But I am a Michael Conforto truther. I think <laughs> okay. Jung Ho Lee is the type of player that will translate quite decently. I think this guy could be a Stephen Kwan. I think he could be a, a budget, not budget in this case, but like um, poor man's Luis Arise, at least for the first year. I think he's okay. just going to get on base and play really good defense. That's one thing Luis Arise doesn't necessarily do. So I think that. He's done that. He has a lot of outfield assists. And I mean, the stats on what Jungle Lee did was crazy. This bat to ball skill stuff is nuts, man. Mm-hmm. It's like never swung and missed on a two strike count in like two years. Like crazy stuff. I mean, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but it basically never happens. So I really, that's why I use Stephen Kwan. Like that guy doesn't swing and miss either. So I think he's going to be good. I'm a believer in Michael Conforto. Patrick Bailey plays great defense. And I think Robbie Ray will really help them um, down the line. Um, and then their big X factor is their top pitching prospect, Kyle Harrison. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure how that will go. But you're right, man. Every time you look at their team and you're like, ah, this is boring. Tyro Estrada, you know? Yeah, Lamont the team is kind of gross. It's it's kind of gross. That's a perfect yeah. way to put it. <laughs> it's okay. So, yeah, they, it's kind of gross. And they just put it together. And they got Bob Melvin as their new manager now. Love my guy. No. Oh. Yeah, I kind of want to go over on this one too. Oh my god, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like D back, I feel like D back's catching strays on this one. Everyone's going over except them. Okay, all right. <laughs> Every team is over except the reigning champs. That got I think better. eighty-one right. is so right. low. I think eighty-one is so low. That's what I think is the problem here. <laughs> but then it's not like eighty-three was that high. Dang it! What is going to happen in this division this year, man? I have no idea. I have I'm, I'm flummoxed. I'll Maybe tell you, it'll be a fourteen playoff. Mm-hmm. It'll be the Dodgers taking it. It'll be the D-backs number two. And then you guys could fight for the rest of the division. The Giants, I'm out on. They're just 
I just don't see it on paper. And talking with Ben Kaspik, their biggest issue from the last few years, one of the big issues that I think that they can't get these big-time free agents is because they have to come in and literally do everything because the Giants have not been able to develop yeah. the homegrown talent. When Mike Yastrzemski is 35 years old as a rookie and he's like, man, that's our future right there. Uh, it's not pretty. Yeah. I, I, they're, they're outfield. They got a bunch of veterans. I am not a believer in Conforto, unfortunately. They got veterans yeah. all around. It's an older team. And outside of like Logan Webb, like who did they develop that you could be excited about? I think next year, love that cut, by the way. Just noticed that I had a big Yu Yo sticker on that. That might be <laughs> a, off the pod conversation after this. Absolutely. Um, but, but I think the Giants for next year, I think low key they should just take it off. Just play all the young guys. Screw the veterans on your roster. Let's see the young <laughs> talent that you have so we can actually develop a core there and mm-hmm. actually figure out who the foundational pieces are because I think that's what the Giants haven't figured out. Outside of Logan Webb, who do you want to build around for the next few years? They let guys like Kevin Gosman walk in free agency. They let Carl, maybe Rodon was a good walk in free agency, but that's just talent out the door that you got nothing in return. You can't let talent like that leave and not develop your own talent. I think that's the biggest issue for the Giants right now. And I'm pounding the under. 81 and a half wins. Yeah, like like letting Gosman go. Remember that? Yeah. Like that was a, a huge like why? Like it's he's not like you're spending that much right now. He's just I, I'd argue he's pitcher number two in the American yeah. League. Like I, I really think he's that good. So I think that um I agree with you. And I think that because I remember when I first started doing this show, the Giants had one of the best farm systems, at least by projection wise. And it just feels like none of them have really panned all out all that well. Like, yeah, you have Logan Webb and whatnot, but you're right, man. That's been their big issue is that it doesn't even feel like a team that has a lot of depth. Some teams you could be like, hey, yeah, we don't have these superstars right now, but we're the D-backs where it's like we're coming. Yeah, our depth is great. Like we're coming. You can see it. With the Giants, you're believing the organization and you're mm-hmm. saying they'll figure it out. And I think some players might be like, I'd rather believe the actual talent instead of believing uh, an organizational resume. I don't know. I think it, I think it's close. But for me, I think 81's low. Um, I do. But um, Luciano, that's their top prospect. Maybe he comes up and does something, but I think this team will be weird. Um, and I think they'll, I think they'll get it done. I think Duvall is going to be a stud as usual. I think they get it done. And I really think people shouldn't sleep on the Robbie Ray trade. I think that's going to be not necessarily a guy that you want to have pitching against the Astros <laughs> as Mariners yeah. fans would know, but he's going to help you. He's going to help you and to be your number three guys. That's not like, he did win a Cy Young, and he does have some of the best swing and miss stuff in the league. Yes, he walks too many people, and he could get a bit lower, a little bit ridiculous. But I don't know, man. I think that that might have been a steal. I, I really do. I think that for his role, that guy's going to be huge. And honestly, when you look at Robbie Ray's Cy Young season, he led the league in like almost every stat that year. It's like he should have ran away for the with a with a yeah. award that year so he has the talent to be as good as anyone in the sport we just know he's poor polarizing because he's that three true outcome kind of a pitcher um yeah. so we'll see with the giants i'm taking the under i just want them to play their young guys next year don't put no conforto jd davis this guy that guy i over still 35. believe i still <laughs> believe i believe in uh, michael conforto till i die <laughs> He's oh. he's gonna be like my Jeff Green if people watch basketball. Like I'm never okay. gonna give up. <laughs> I like Jeff Green, but yeah, I don't know about that one. Okay, and then of course <laughs> the 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 ugly stepchild of the division right now. But we got mad love for the host. We you know oh. th- I think we all love this team despite them not being good. 
the Colorado Rockies. I think we all want them to be good, to be honest, because the ownership has done terrible there. Bud Black is the worst manager in the sport. He's maybe the worst manager of any professional team of the four major sports. He's absolutely horrendous. The Rockies, they're over under currently at 60 and a half wins. Last year, I think they won 60 or they won 59 games last year. And so far, the Rockies this offseason, uh, not not really too much. I don't really see any big-time free agents <laughs> that they signed. No, they brought in Dakota Hudson, Jacob Stallings. Those kind of their two uh-huh. big moves. Not really any big trades that they uh-uh. did. But one thing that the Rockies do have that might make me take the over on their win total, Nolan Jones will be a star next year. Already had himself a fantastic season this mm-hmm. past year in 106 games. If you get 140-plus games out of that guy next year, he might put up 30-30 kind of stats or even better. He might be an MVP type candidate. So build around that guy, get you a couple more Nolan Jones. I like the Elias Diaz's of the world. The Rockies might have just enough talent that I believe that they could win 61 games next year. The over under 61, 60 and a half. So do you think they win 60? Yeah. They had 59 My last Lord. Year. Yeah. I think the process is, is two things. I agree with you on Nolan Jones. I think Ezekiel Tavar can get better. Mm-hmm. I haven't given up on that guy. I think if you get anything out of Bryant, that could be helpful. Remember that he's missed a lot of games. Brennan Rogers, um, mm-hmm. I think, is a sneaky guy um, and could be effective. I know that he was taken reasonably high in our fantasy draft last year. Um, <laughs> he didn't play at all, basically, last year. I think that that could be a player that does some damage. And lastly, I'm going to say it. Oh. Miller, the Rockies are going to sign Cody Bellinger. Cody and that's Chris Bryant, two former Cubs, bringing them down? That's what's going to happen. Um, okay. And here's why. The Rockies have no idea what they're doing. And every True. time it looks like they're going to commit to a rebuild, they pay Chris Bryant an exorbitant amount of money for a player that everyone was worried about. How's he going to age? You would, you want him, but you're like, eh. And then they seriously overpaid. What's going on with Cody Bellinger right now? How's that guy going to age? Do we trust this revitalization of him? And do we? And he's asking for all this money. Guess what? The Rockies are crazy enough. They're going to give him like 180 for six years. He's going to be a star in center fielder. And that, at the minimum, will help them across the over-under threshold. So that's my prediction. Honestly, six for 180 wouldn't be that bad of a deal, I feel like, for the Rockies and Cody Bellinger. Not crazy. But they shouldn't be giving out those deals. And it's you. So you guys let Noah Arnado go. But then you're like, we'll pay Chris Bryant. (laughs) It's just it doesn't make any sense Uh, what they're doing. They have just no rhyme or reason, no plan, no strategy. They just throwing stuff at the wall. Yeah, I've never been out there, but from all accounts, maybe the best stadium in the sport. Just got the Rocky Mountains (laughs) backdrop. Just beautiful. I would love to see a game there. (laughs) Yeah. And Cody, who knows? Maybe he'll put up big stats out there in Colorado in the course field if they did uh, sign him. So Rocky, 60 and a half. I will take the over just because it's such a low over-under. I will take the over, and I will believe. Because unlike the Giants, like you said, they do have some sneaky guys with the young talent. Maybe not all of them have hit their ceiling like the Tovars, like the Rodgers, but at least guys that you could see a world where they could be good. Uh, I, I don't feel the same, I guess, with the young Giants players. So I could see a world where they got some interesting pieces on the Colorado Rockies next year. But before we wrap up, Javi, let's get on the record. Let's go through each team and how you think the NL West division is going to stack up. So who do you think <laughs> is going to be the number one team in the NL West next year? It'll Dodgers. Be the Dodgers. It'll be the Dodgers. You had them. Okay. You had Dodgers over. All right. Next team. 
It'll be the Padres. Oh, Padres, who you also had is an over, over 81 and a half. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then it'll be the D-backs. Man, oh, thankfully, somehow we snuck in there. The reigning National yeah. League champs, under 83 uh-huh. and a half. And then it'll be the Giants. Okay, so somehow we're going to be tied at 82 wins, I guess, for a third place. Because uh-huh. we're only two wins. We're going to have the rare game 163, one game playoff. If you remember <laughs> okay. what the Mariners, what the Mariners did that with the Angels back in the day. So Let's see who gets will, third. All right. Nice. Oh, yeah. And then Rockies just, just last On the shot. I'm calling the shot. Wow. Okay. And then did you say over or under for the Rockies? Over. 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 Okay. So Javi's <laughs> got over Dodgers, over Padres, under D-backs, over Giants, over Rockies. Do I see an agenda or what here, guys? I don't know about y'all, but I think we call that an agenda on the podcast. <laughs> Me, unbiased, I got Dodgers one, taking the under, D-backs over, number two, then uh, probably Padres under Giants under Rockies over. So I do have two teams in my over category being the D-backs and Colorado Rockies. I think the Padres, I do think they have a chance of making it to postseason. Maybe they push out the Marlins because the Marlins are one of those teams where they just frustrate me because I want them to go out there, make a splash, get better. And it feels like, oh, Jorge Soler, we know you had 45 mm-hmm. home runs last year. You could just walk in free agency. We don't even want half contract talks with you. <laughs> just add talent, Marlins. That's all you need to do. I don't know why they refuse to do that. But that's this over-under edition for the NOS. Shout out to FanDuel. Sportsbook America's number one sportsbook. Javi, where can the listeners find you online? As always, at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres, and then Lockdown Padres on YouTube. Got some cool announcement stuff that I'm working on, Ooh. so stay tuned. And of course, stay tuned yeah. as we break down the offseason, because I do think that there are some more moves to be made. Yeah, hopefully D-backs get J.D. Martinez or one of those DHs. Ooh, we'll see. That would be good. Follow me on Twitter at CareerThomas24. Look up Locked on Dimebacks, both Twitter and Instagram. And of course, Locked on Dimebacks on YouTube. Please hit subscribe and wherever you stream podcasts. Javi, until next time, another crossover. We'll definitely do this at least a thousand more times probably in the 2024 calendar year. Until next time, sir. Doses.